0: present day. Two men meet in a suspicious location in order to conduct a transaction.
1: Over here. Jeez, Mikey. It's 3 a.m. We're in an alley in freaking Queens. (laughs) You make me feel like we're a couple of gangsters from a movie. We are a couple of gangsters, you bonehead. Oh, Mikey, come on. We've known each other since we was kids. Cut it out, alright? I've been dodging the feds all week on this caper. So let's do this thing fast. Alright. You got the dough? Of course. I never let you down, Mikey. (sighs) Okay, good. Here's the keys to the truck. It's just around the corner. Now, don't screw it up this time. We've done a hundred jobs together. Why you disrespect me now, Mikey? I'm not disrespecting you, my friend. It's just this time, it's serious. More serious than our heroin, marijuana, ecstasy jobs? Yes! much more serious than drugs dude it's freaking cookies cookies yeah girl scout cookies now look what do i always say in the smack and the doobie traffic right right never use the products that we sell exactly never use the product now i spoke to your wife recently You spoke to Sheila? Relax, Goomba. It was a social call. She just mentioned you had an elevated cholesterol issue. Oh, no. Not you, too, now. Yes, me, too. Tony, look. You're like a brother to me. And I mean that. So stay away from those damn cookies. Mikey, come on. They're cookies, not drugs. Seriously, do you know what's in those things? Have you read the label? Mikey, you know I flunked out of fifth grade. I can't read labels or even my driver's license. True crime. Sex. Political conspiracy. Celebrity gossip. Murder. UFOs. Crooked officials. The occult. Assassination. Courtroom drama. Rape. Corporate scams. Scandal Sheets! Hello everyone, and welcome to Scandal Sheet. My name is Thad Housley, the original... Godfather. And today, we risk our lives, our property, and our sacred honor by daring to tear open the airtight seal on one of America's most cherished institutions, the Girl Scouts of America Annual Cookie Drive. And, as usual, I am joined by my millennial co-host, Ellie, from the great state of Alaska, who, as it turns out, is one of the most successful Girl Scouts ever. Ellie, didn't you make it to the highest possible rank in the Girl Scouts?
0: I did. I was a Girl Scout with her gold award, which is like the equivalent of an Eagle Scout. And, you know, every time I say that and then I have to say it's the equivalent of an Eagle Scout, which means... That obviously nobody really knows what it is. But yeah, you have like these three levels in Girl Scouts, you know, that's the bronze award and then the silver award and then the gold award. And so I I did that in, you know, my final years of high school. I organized a 5K that raised food for the food pantry. So instead of paying like a $20 registration fee, you brought cans for the the local food pantry.
1: So that's what got you... Got you the gold award that's
0: what got me the gold award so
1: okay yeah. well that's pretty cool that's pretty cool but I mean you also sold Girl Scout cookies I mean did you get into this when as a I'm sorry to take you through this whole thing and maybe we should we should we should wait a little while yeah. and, and start from the beginning
0: I'll give you my whole history yeah okay
1: <laughs> well let me first introduce that, that we are also joined by our artificial intelligence engine Bernice
0: thank you. As I am digital code, I cannot be hurt by toxic food ingredients. That said, I do have a fondness for the peanut butter patty cookies.
1: So, Ellie, uh, I mean, we definitely want to get into your history with the Scouts and everything else. But, uh, you know, I just want to kind of alert you to the fact that even suggesting that anything done by the Girl Scouts is anything less than what would have been ordained by God himself is absolute heresy in this country. So I think after this episode is published, I at least need to run, run and not walk to the nearest witness protection program. But since you were a super duper Girl Scout, are, are you inoculated from from offering any criticism?
0: I don't know. You know, I think maybe my uh, my inoculation wore off. Um, you know, it's <laughs> been a little while. I don't, I haven't
1: really it's like a, a COVID shot. A you booster. didn't get your booster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to have to run with you to the witness protection program also because if you eat like a quarter of a thin mint, then you got to go run a five K just to get rid of those calories anyway. So yeah, (laughs) we'll, uh, we'll run, we'll, we'll do our five K run and then just keep running straight to the witness protection program.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when I think of, and, and and my daughter was, was a Brownie and a girl scout, but I wasn't that, you know, when I suggested that I could be Although I do see dads here and there, but when I suggested to this particular troop that I could be a, a helper, they were like, nope, nope, no men allowed, man. This is the, <laughs> this is like, you know, the, uh, the rascals, the little rascals. Yeah. The, 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 the girl the haters, like, like, club. haters club. Yeah. So this was the, yeah. uh, the, the he man or the, the, the girl,
0: the she girl man. She girl club.
1: hater. Yeah yeah, yeah not... and
0: i mean look i am a millennial i'm also i was i was back in the original girl scouts where just everybody was a girl born a girl we were all just girls she's and hers and i that's another reason i i don't know much about the current state of the girl scouts you know i don't know what what the deal is i don't know anymore if they allow boys in i don't know if they allow troop dads i don't know any of this i i'm not even sure if i think back you know my my dad was often tasked with running all of the kids to all their after school activities and i'm sure at one point he was volunteered to do a few troop things or something but i don't you know i don't have any memory of him being super involved in the whole girl scout thing so i i'm pretty sure it was just a flat out like only, only girls, only women, and I'm sure, I'm sure it's changed. You know, the Boy Scouts have changed, but yeah, it's it's different. I'm sure it is, and but mm-hmm. you know what hasn't changed is those thin mints.
1: Yeah, that's one of the few. I was looking at the cookies; they're the only one that is exactly like what I remember them to be. The other ones are all kind of different, at least uh, I can tell, mm-hmm. or at least they have different names.
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Girl Scout cookie flavor?
1: It was definitely the Thin Mints. Close yeah. second would have been the peanut butter things.
0: Yeah, the peanut butter patties. Yeah. Or I and I know that they have another name to other baking company that we'll get into. But yeah. so so the Girl Scouts have two baking companies, two commercial baking companies that they use. And one is called Little Brownie Bakers and one is called ABC Bakers. And so depending on which bakery you're Troop gets their cookies from, then they might have different names and like slightly different flavors. Even both of them have like a s'mores cookie, but they're totally different cookie wise. They're like one of them's like a little sandwich, and then one of them's like a covered shortbread thing. But really, the thin mints between the two are mostly the same. There are people online who will do like a thin mint comparison with like little brownie bakers and ABC bakers. But for the most part, the thin mint is like the nice standard continuity between the two.
1: Mm -hmm. So when I think about the Girl Scouts, I think of... It as a, since I wasn't directly involved, as a, something like a cross between the Masons and their shadowy secret medieval rituals and the Hitler youth of the 1930s and 40s. Because <laughs> if only for the uniforms, the uniforms look exactly like the Hitler youth.
0: Yeah, okay, but come on, we look cuter in the uniforms. Than so... the girls in
1: the Hitler youth?
0: Yeah, yeah, we looked much cuter. Okay, Um, I mean, they had pigtails.
1: They had pigtails.
0: I had pigtails, too. All right. And... And I think it is really funny when I was thinking back to this, there's like the Girl Scout promise and then the Girl Scout pledge. And I think we had like, it was like three fingers because the Boy Scouts are two fingers. So the Girl Scouts are three fingers. And it's like, on my honor, I will try to serve God and my country and to help people at all times and live by the Girl Scout law. And then- Wow. You remember it. Like, I don't, that was not researched at all. That just came right back it just came fluttering right back up that was somewhere in the depths of my knowledge and do i know what the girl scout law is no but i am sure at one point i had it memorized right
1: so you know before we get, get really dive deep into the cookies why don't you tell us a little bit about since you've you were so experienced and spent so much time in the scouts what what a girl scout is what you guys did what you gals did and basically what your experience was like with the organization o- over those many years.
0: Yeah. So I started out in the daisies. So everybody knows that brownies are really cute, but actually there's like a kindergarten level for daisies. And ah. so I started out, I started out in the daisies and I went all They the way come before
1: brownies way. is what they you're They come saying.
0: before brownies. Oh, you know? wow. Um, And so I don't think daisies do much besides just like run around and, you know, look cute. And then the brownies, that's when you start doing things like arts and crafts, obviously selling cookies because you're at your cutest age. And that's also when you can start doing things like going to Girl Scout camp in the summer. And then you also start working towards like your badges. So every Girl Scout would have like a a vest or a sash. And then you would do these projects either together or individually that would be teaching you some sort of skill. So maybe it would be like some sort of like business, like you might have like a business entrepreneur person from your community come in and teach you a little bit about like, owning a business right or maybe you would shadow them at their business or something and then that would get you a patch for like learning these things and they have the, you know all these little outlines for for badges and how to earn that and then you kind of have to go through and check certain boxes within that lesson and so it can be for a lot of different skills though and of course they're always trying to enhance your skills of like leadership and communication and financial education and There's then, of course, also selling cookies. So really, (laughs) the claim is that that selling cookies is kind of like the pinnacle, like the all-inclusive activity to tie in all of these skills that you've been learning in Girl Scouts to really do everything except bake the cookie itself. It's teaching you how to sell things. It's teaching you how to communicate with people. It's teaching you how to kind of do a little bit of an elevator pitch to your neighbors when you're banging on their door three o'clock on a saturday afternoon so yeah there are like a lot of there are just a lot of skills i know i did a lot of different camps and sleepovers and events with the girl scouts
1: but you i mean you went the entire distance with them so you must have been fairly well indoctrinated i would i would say right i mean is it is that fair to say i mean it's one thing to go like you know i was a very reluctant uh Boy Scout, you know, my parents thought it was a very kind of a Catholic thing. There was our church, our parish church had a a troop. So it was like, yeah, well, you got to go do that you know, I, yeah. I, I just wasn't really into it. Plus, plus I was so I was the youngest guy in the troop and everybody was like a senior in high school and I was in middle school. So I just got beat up all the time. So
0: yeah. so there was definitely a point where I think it was about in like eighth grade or something where all the other girls like the you know, the troops start out really big. So it's like a bunch of girls parents are like hey kid you know you want to join girl scouts you want to play soccer you want to you know and they just say yes to everything and so you're big and then as people realize they're not good at selling cookies they kind of fall off so by about like the end of middle school i remember there was like just a smaller core group of girls and there were i i want to say there were about eight or nine of us and one of the girls moms was our troop leader and she was kind of like well You know, like the gold award and the silver award, like they'll look really good on your college application. And so if you're interested and just do the the minimum of what needs to be done for you guys to have, or I'm sorry, you girls, we'll cross the finish line, but we're not going to do anything more than that. And so that's kind of what I remember throughout high school is all of us were like, okay, yeah, we're in it for the long haul. Let's do what we need to do. But we were not exactly like, the most stellar of girl scouts by the end. It was kind of just checking the boxes required to like be the girl scout and cross the finish line. I don't know if I gave away too much. No,
1: no, not at all. So, uh, you know, uh, but let's drill into the the this the the cookie thing a little bit more. So the Last year, according to actually the Girl Scouts themselves, they generated, you know, COVID was still going on, generated over $800 million in cookie sales. Well, there
0: that's not surprising because COVID was still going on and so okay. everybody was still eating like it was the end of the world. Okay,
1: yeah. okay. Maybe, maybe that's the case. Their website insists that most of the money goes to local troops. Now, when my daughter was selling cookies, and she's about your age now, the troop reward for selling thousands, hundreds or thousands of boxes of cookies was an all-expense-paid day trip to the closest amusement park to us, which in our case was uh, King's Dominion, which is sort of like a sea-level imitation of Disneyland or something.
0: No princesses.
1: No, I mean, there's yeah, it wasn't. It, it didn't have any kind of tie-ins. It was kind of a standalone thing. But but all the rides were things that were sort of like a, a just a a really half-ass imposter or something at Disneyland or whatever, you know. And apparently that cost the troop about seventy-five dollars per girl for the day. It wasn't a sleepover. It was just like let's all get into a short bus, go down there because it was only like fifty miles away, spend the day, come back, and you're done. And that's yep. that's what you got for selling all those cookies. Now, maybe there was some thing like someone in the city got a scholarship or something if they sold like 10,000 boxes of cookies or something.
0: Nobody cares about scholarships at that age, though.
1: Well, yeah, you're right. They don't. It's the parents that do, right? It's the parents <laughs> that mean, do. I mean, like, yeah.
0: I. yeah, I think I remember something about a scholarship when I was a kid, but it was akin to... On Christmas morning, I would – like some. my grandparents would sometimes give us savings bonds, you know, and you'd like open up this envelope and it's a savings bond and you're just like, oh, God, this is the worst Christmas gift ever. Right, right, right. (laughs) You can't use it. As a kid, you just don't care. Yeah, scholarships. And your mom is like,
1: oh, grandma, so great.
0: Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. It was it was nice when I was like twenty two and then just went to go cash them all out and then had a little bit of actually under extra dollars of like cash that month. But at the same time, yeah, like as a kid, it's like, oh, worst Christmas present ever. So yeah, no no nine year old is out there hustling away, selling all these cookies for a scholarship. They don't care. Plus they think that college is gonna be free by the time they get there anyway. So That's right, no, parents are gonna pay for it. it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're definitely doing it for the king's dominion trip you know why they're really doing it though is the bragging rights
1: okay yeah with all that money you know and supposedly it's going to the local troops now you know i sent you some links where you can they break it down and it seems like there's an awful lot of people other than the baker itself that have their hand in the pie it seems like a lot of that money goes to girl scouts of america headquarters like okay yeah wow okay because i mean did you see I mean, what are the out-of-pocket expenses to your troop? I mean, the parents pay for the uniforms. The meetings take place either at a church or in somebody's house. I mean, what right. what are the out-of-pocket expenses that you guys need to support?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I and I agree. So in so like thinking back to some of these examples. So actually, in my town. Growing up we had a Girl Scout hut. It was like a separate it was a it was a building. I think that had probably been paid for by the Girl Scouts of America. Okay. And so it we had our own building that was like next to a park. But I think beyond that, yeah, it's like they I think they they also kind of had some troop grants for like bigger projects that we might have done or like community service projects. I remember like we painted these paintings for like the local hospital. And so I'm thinking, like, where did the materials from that come from? It may have come from some sort of grant from, like, the Girl Scouts of America. It just came from the troop budget, realistically. Less than a quarter of the the cost of the box goes to the individual troop that's selling it. I just looked up it's five dollars a box this year. Some of them are six and less than a dollar twenty five to be going to the individual troop. Even if your troop sells thousand boxes of cookies, then that's still only a thousand dollars going to your troop. Um, which is nothing to sneeze at, but at the same time, like that's a lot of work to sell a thousand boxes. And then $1,000 isn't going to go very far for things that you want to do. And then we also, in my town, we had a Girl Scout camp where Girl Scouts would come. And I know that that was funded from the Girl Scouts of America, but they would have summer programs and it wasn't specific to your troop. But I know that parents also had to pay a few hundred dollars for their kid to go to camp for that week.
1: Yeah. I mean, Boy Scouts had a camp, too, like a day camp, you know, to get rid of your kid for a, a certain amount of time in the summer. But you right. had, they have had to pay for that. That's so, I mean, but we, didn't, we, weren't selling, we weren't selling Girl Scout cookies. We, we sold candy, I think. It never caught on the way. I mean, it wasn't as big an event as girl scout
0: i think the boy scouts sell popcorn now i think okay. that's the big thing is the boy scouts sell popcorn but like with girl scouts obviously it's like a non 501 501c3 so i'm sure if you wanted to be hyper critical you could definitely go in and audit all the things that they spend money on and just like any big organization there is a lot of money that's going to the top right and then it trickles down less and less and less to The actual groups of brownies running around the playground and stubbing their toe and skinning their knee, and then they can't afford band-aids. But I think, in general, the overall benefit of Girl Scouts is still there. You know, like I am hesitant to be hypercritical of how much money is going where because I don't honestly, I just don't really care. But it is ironic that such it is ironic that like such a small percentage goes to the individual troops. Well, um, well okay. And
1: th- even if you do set the money aside, just let's, let's talk a little bit about whether there's a little exploitation going on here because you've got these two, like you were saying, these two uh, baker companies. One is a, a division of Keebler, which is a a gigantic baker uh, of products in grocery stores. And, you know, the Nabiscos and the Keeblers of the world, I mean, they have to pay for their shelf space in a grocery store. I mean, they're fighting over every, you know, fraction of an inch. So, I mean, that's that's big bucks. But I do have to admire them because it's like, okay – because I've never seen a Girl Scout cookie sold at a grocery store or any kind of an actual retail chain. Maybe they are. I mean, there's girls obviously, you know, with a folding table in front of the grocery store selling them, but but not actually marketed in a conventional way. And in fact, I understand that during the cookie season, the uh, the main cookie companies lay off on. A- they don't even bother to try to compete. They're just like, okay, let's just lay down and forget about it. Let's all take a long. Yeah,
0: they just know that it. Yeah, they know. There. Yeah. The- well. And the other thing going against regular cookie companies in at the beginning of the year is everybody is still, in theory, sticking to their New Year's resolutions, working on their bikini bodies, right? And like trying to cut back on the calories and the sugar. So I know I am Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: But, but but here's the thing yeah. you get you get. So you say, oh, you know, it's just such a great idea to say, you know what, let's get 1.7 million free workers, little girls, to go out and be our sales force. We'll give them a small percentage of the back-end sales, zero upfront, zero out-of-pocket. And I mean, what other commercial company on planet Earth can boast that they have a completely free sales force?
0: And not just the sales
1: force. I mean, isn't that isn't that kind of like ch- child labor somehow? I know. I mean, what if you showed up? You were talking about knocking on the door at three o'clock. What if you showed up and said, "Hey, Mr. Simpson, what about this forty-two-inch Samsung TV?" I know.
0: <laughs>
1: what about well, that Tesla I've got back there? Come on, write a check for seventy-five k right now. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And it's not it's not just the free labor, it's also the free storage. I remember when I was a Girl Scout, like the, the troop leader, her house like in their garage, right. that was all the boxes of cookies, right? And so they don't have to pay for warehouse space or anything. In fact, the ironic thing is you're paying to be there. The parents are paying dues for their kids, right? And then yeah, the, the kids are working. And here's where it's all about optics and marketing though, is because how ironic would it be to say like you know what those sweatshops in taiwan that make our coats that's not that's not child labor that's just teaching them valuable skills for later in life like it's all about It's all about the spin that you put on it, right? Because here we are using like child labor to sell cookies. Right. And we're, we're applauding every step of it, right? The communication, the leadership, the financial organization, and public speaking. And yet like other places in the world, we're like condemning child labor because it's like so bad. And, you know, we definitely shouldn't make kids work and they should be in school. Well, you know what? The next kid who comes to my door and tries to sell cookies I'm going to tell him to go back to school. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> that is a- another thing where it's like kind of ironic how, you know, parents are desperate for their kids to have like these community service and leadership opportunities with Girl Scouts and so then they enroll their kids in Scouts and then they're paying for all these dues and camp and then they're also selling the cookies just to go on like their kid's resume so that then their kid can put it on their college application and then getting to a college where then the parent is like most likely stuck with like a forty thousand dollar a year tuition bill from like whatever college that their kid got into um Tell me about it. or you know telling their kids to take out student loans so it is an interesting scheme here it seems like it's not it's not the fault of the cute little girls it is absolutely the fault of the parents
1: Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the, the nutritional value of the product. Is, is it good for you? Now, everybody's going to say, look, you know, the doctors are, and the federal government and, uh, you know, health class and everything. They're always telling us, you know what? You can, it's okay to have a cookie or ice cream or other sugary treats once in a great while. You know, while at the same time, we've got all these holidays that seem to be built around candy. And and other.
0: Well, doctors are telling you that it's okay to have a Girl Scout cookie every once in a while because their kids are right.
1: Right. But but I guess, you know, (laughs) it just seems it just seems like because at one point, you know, first, you know, we got Girl Scouts, we got Valentine's Day, we got Easter. I mean, how many holidays do we have that are built around eating, eating junk? And, of course, you, you walk into a grocery store and you see entire aisles just filled with this stuff. You're like, okay, there's this tiny section of an aisle that's devoted to toothpaste and dental floss. And then you've got this mile-long thing that's all about cookies. <laughs> you, know, yeah. are they, you know what? You yeah. know What are they trying to tell us here? And, and let's be honest. If you look at the label, I mean, this stuff is not good for you i mean there is stuff in there that is i mean it's not it's corn syrup and there's like other kinds of chemicals i mean it's just it's not even food by any objective
0: (laughs) uh yeah that is that is true like i think they're some of the least healthy snacks that you can be buying and i think the justification for it though is They're not sold year round. And then you can feel good about eating them because you're helping girls and like their professional development. It's not.
1: Well, that's it. That goes back to the it's it's the greatest marketing scam in the world. But I mean, just from any kind of a moral, it's sort of like, okay, what if we asked our little girls to go work at the tobacco company?
0: Right, yeah, to just walk around and start selling cigarettes to everybody.
1: You know, it's like, you know why don't you sell, yeah, sell some cigarettes? Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm going to give you a carton of Cools.
0: Well, have you seen those, like, pictures of the Girl Scouts who set up tables outside, like, the dispensaries, states where, like, marijuana is legal? Oh, And it's right. like, genius, you know? <laughs> nobody's nobody's No, that is a good idea. No, you should
1: be near the exit, right? So you're just like... <laughs> Oh man, I could really use a box of cookies right now. Yeah.
0: You know, nobody's questioning like, "Oh, these chemicals in my body, those chemicals in my body." You know all the troop moms are unwinding from a day of babysitting their kids outside the Target, you know, with a glass of wine like it's just I think, you know, the the health argument is there is one there it's just kind of hard to make because in some ways it also seems a little hypocritical that like we put so much other crap in our bodies you know we were talking about the impossible burgers a few episodes ago and you know it's like it's like interesting to eat something that is so terrible for you but still makes you feel good about yourself because like you're helping save the planet and now it's like march it's women's history month and we're all gung-ho about helping women succeed and little girls succeed and we are like, hey, by eating these cookies, I am making a difference in the world. I mean, what better way to make a difference in the world than by eating terrible cookies? So, uh, I mean, they're great cookies. They taste fantastic,
1: but they're terrible. For well, you, okay, let me say. let me pitch this um, idea to you in case you you end up being in the actual corporate staff of the Girl Scouts of America, which I imagine is, you know, just like any other giant corporation. But what if instead <laughs> of selling cookies... These exact same girls, they're still selling, but let's say they sell fresh broccoli and cauliflower, green beans, other fresh produce from local farms. So not only are you, so you're not helping some giant company in London or New York or Tokyo or whatever, wherever these guys are based. You're actually helping your local farms and you're making money for your troop and you're selling something good. I mean, would, would, would I not? But but I mean, wouldn't I just be just as intimidated? That I have a bunch of little girls run up to me at the Safeway if they if they had a thing of green beans versus cookies? I, I'd still I'd still hand okay. over my money mindlessly, wouldn't I?
0: A few flaws with okay. the theory, though. One that could not happen. That would not that would not be a coordinated nas- nationwide effort because. Cookies, you know, the the airtight shelf-stable cookies.
1: No, this this would Um, have to – it wouldn't be able to happen in February. It would have to happen during the growing season, which might vary in different locations, right? Yeah.
0: Correct. And then even beyond that, yeah, like the the local products that you're going to find at other local, like at local farms in Florida, Idaho, are going to be completely different, right? Like the Girl Scouts in Idaho are going to be selling potatoes, and then the Girl Scouts in Florida are going to be selling strawberries. Or oranges, Um, So they're probably going to have like fairly different profit margins. Yeah. So there would definitely be like a much more disconnected effort, I think, between the Girl Scouts of America. Like it wouldn't be as unified of an effort. And when you have stuff like that, then you can't efficiently funnel money up to the top. So I think there's a lot of, there'd be a lot of pushback from all sides there. Also, you would have to have a much shorter selling season, right because you know you're you know when when things come into harvest they're not good, they're produce right, so girls you know have to plan their selling schedules around all their other events that their parents have signed them up for. And so like, they can't just all day on Tuesday and go sell all the spinach before it goes bad. Cause like maybe they have school or soccer or something like that. You know, they have to, they're on a schedule. So I, I just don't think, I don't think that would work. And, and here's the thing. I also don't think it would be as successful because the American consumer loves the hip, like the irony of the unhealthiness of the cookie, right? Like they love the indulgence. They love indulging for good. That, you know, this this concept of indulging for a good cause is something that's like selling plenty of products, not just for Girl Scouts, but like plenty of other alcohol products and junk food products and just do it for good, do it for other people, do it for charity buy this overpriced thing and eat it and then you're going to feel good about your muffin top after eating all those muffins that are going to <laughs> help kids or I that's that's kind of my my take on it. Yeah, it's like a great way to take it's a great way to take a break from your new year's resolutions and just indulge for like a second but also pretend to be doing good in the world. You know? It's good and i i also have to throw a disclaimer in here because i know that my parents are listening and they're probably thinking like oh my god this ungrateful child we we drove her to all of those scout meetings and we took all those cookie order forms to work no i'm very i'm very thankful to my parents for all the work that they put into scouts because i feel like the older i get the more i realize that they put way more effort into my hobbies than I put into my hobbies that ultimately, you know, like got me to where I am today. So it, it's just ironic, though. Do you think Girl Scouts I, made you a you pilot? Know, I,
1: a professional pilot?
0: No. <laughs> 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 uh, no. Um, but, the you know, the other thing is with, you know, like the older I get, too, I, I feel conflicted because – just the last thing I want is a Girl Scout knocking on my door, selling me cookies. I just don't want that. <laughs> um, but but so much of my early Girl Scout success came from knocking on everybody else's doors. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for it except to just be – I'll just feel conflicted about it, I guess, the rest of my life.
1: Well, here's the here's the key question. I mean, you're still pretty young. I don't think you've been married all that long. You don't have any children, I don't believe – when when that nope. day occurs, if it does occur, will you be entering your daughter in the Girl Scouts?
0: Well, I don't really plan on having kids, so.
1: Oh, okay. So you don't have to face that question. You're you're able to dodge no. it. <laughs> yeah,
0: it just I'm like wow. I but I'm just looking back. I'm like, I could have saved so much money. My parents could have saved so much money by just not enrolling us in any hobbies, you know, or any activities and then we wouldn't have had these great college applications and then they wouldn't have had to pay for the expensive schools
1: well plus you you come from a big family your your family is larger than the american average so so they they, you know, they just <laughs> threw caution to the wind um <laughs> yeah
0: yeah no it is it, it, yeah and especially you know my my dad was the one who was always driving us around and so we are very like i am very grateful for that and you know it's it was definitely a thankless job that he did for a quarter of a century to drive all the kids around to all their practice oh my god a quarter of but century, yeah. you know the older i get i'm like oh, geez, i have these hobbies that only i do and like i barely even want to drive myself to them, let alone like like take some other kid and hold their hand while they pretend to sell Girl Scout cookies <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> like I am the person at the door right now this season where I just like first of all I don't go on the weekends. Big mistake if you're trying to avoid the Girl Scout cookies. And then You, you don't know, go like, to like, the grocery store on the weekends.
1: weekends? Is that what you said? Yeah. No,
0: okay. no I don't because the Girl Scouts are outside. <laughs> And so, and then I like go in the opposite door. I'm like, oh, there they are, you know. And so well, I always say doors. I don't carry I cash. Do, I, do I have haven't
1: used cash for years, money. which is true. But then you feel. Yeah,
0: that's a problem, though, because now they all take. Oh, cards.
1: well, um, maybe maybe the troops around here aren't, aren't quite, you know, into Foursquare yet or whatever. But.
0: <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure they have okay. a card now. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry. that, that excuse. excuse. You're going to have to co- it, come. It works up with, with homeless one. people. You know. <laughs>
1: it does. See see, does. Uh, see how see brutal <laughs> I am. People don't have
0: a four... <laughs> homeless people don't have a square no. reader. Well even yet, if they did, so, I'd I'd be uh, very
1: uh reluctant to hand them my credit card and watch them run away. So...
0: Yeah, right. if They they uh they take it and they they they're pretending to swipe it on the reader and then they just like run and then you never see your credit card again. Hey, but luckily though, as long as they don't have your phone, you can just cancel your your card really quick on your app. That's true. So, and, and, you know, the other scandal, I don't know if we want to get into it, but it, you know, the, a lot of people are trying to create the scandal of the palm oil in cookies or not create the scandal, but address the scandal of palm oil.
1: Yeah. I was thinking about that because, yeah, because um, that's, it's a, it's an ingredient in the cookies and it is commonly done with child labor, right? Sort of quasi slave labor in other countries.
0: Well, but so is the sale of girls. I don't really see the problem here.
1: <laughs> right, right, but there there probably is a qualitative difference in terms of standing outside of a Safeway with your mom, you know, and you can go inside anytime and warm up and and what have you. And actually working in like a jungle harvesting Whatever it is that they harvest to make palm oil, so at all hours of the day. Yeah, and
0: I, it's just an interesting bit, interesting dichotomy there.
1: Well, and the the uh, and I did I didn't you know it, it, that was another road to go down, and I was reading some articles, you know, where and the Girl Scouts like issued an official statement: we don't support, you know, the slave labor of any people in any country blah 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 and any if we discover anybody who uses that now how do they know what these these companies are buying that's what makes it so hard with like a global supply chain how could you actually know I mean people might tell you hey don't worry about it you know just because it comes from Botswana doesn't mean that we're like exploiting anybody well I don't know I was in Botswana the other week it looked pretty bad to me
0: (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I think if you're going to open up this can of worms on Uh palm oil, then you have to really sit back and look at your life and look at all the other things that have palm oil in it. Because it's not just the Girl Scout cookies, you know. So if you're not going to buy Girl Scout cookies because of the child child labor involved in like palm oil, then there's like a lot of other products that you really need to start cutting out of your life. I think it's like shampoos.
1: Oh, really? Okay.
0: Soaps and like countless other foods. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's everywhere. So the argument of boycotting Girl Scout cookies for the palm oil itself, fine. You know, whatever makes you feel good. This is all about feeling good. Whether you eat the Girl Scout cookies or don't (laughs) eat the Girl Scout cookies, it's all about feeling good. Right. And that's, that's, what really what it comes down to you know if you're gonna make the palm oil argument i think you have to like just look at the broader at your broader life and really figure out you have to do you have to cut out a lot more than just the Girl
1: Scout right cookies. right so yeah. well is there anything else we've missed
0: well turns out i think i missed all of girl scout cookie season like i don't think i can buy them anymore <laughs> well, well- <laughs> luckily I think I think I made it through the whole season without having to purchase. Well,
1: it goes from February through April technically. That's what it says on the website. What? I mean, they're oh, they're here they're God everywhere here. That. They they have not, you know, just because it's March 1, it, I don't think I, I expect that on, you know, this Saturday there'll be just as many kids outside the doors as there were last Saturday. So. Oh,
0: okay. All right. Well, okay. I I, I don't know. Maybe Anchorage like
1: has a law against <laughs> – they put some kind of a limit on it, right?
0: I don't know. Well, speaking of places that have laws, though, it is illegal uh, for the Girl Scouts to sell – for a little while, it was illegal for Girl Scouts to sell Girl Scouts in front of like the Girl Scout founder's home. Juliette Gordon lowe she was the founder of the Girl Scouts, and her house is like a hist- landmark I saw in Savannah, that, yeah. Georgia. And so many girls, yeah, so many girls were going to, you know, sell Girl Scout cookies outside of her home. That the, oh. um,
1: mm. which is ironic. Okay. But okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think now they can. They have to just like stay off the sidewalk or something.
1: So the the other thing we might as well ask you since uh, we've got you here. I don't know when this episode will get finally edited hopefully in only a few days but coming up in the the weekend ahead of us is the beginning of of uh one of the most famous races in uh in the world you want to tell us about that because it originates in your city
0: yeah the editaron well technically the start of the editaron isn't up oh okay i Um, thought it was anchorage i'm sorry yeah well the big festivals like kind of like the ceremonial oh. start is here in anchorage but the start of okay. the actual race itself is about an hour and a half north of here yeah northeast of here so yeah but no it's it's a really exciting time you know all of a sudden like all the bars and restaurants downtown are full and every you know uh so so if you don't want to go to the festivities then it's a good time to avoid downtown but no it's it's kind of it puts alaska back on the map and like dog sled racing and is just a, a pretty
1: yeah tell us about what it is for for those who are uninformed those easterners like <laughs> me it's what is it it's, it's it's a dog sled race right it's x number okay yeah
0: so the the dogs will pull the musher on a sled through
1: and the musher is a, a, a single, single individual, individual right? yeah
0: through okay just under a thousand miles of frozen tundra all the way up to Nome wow. and Nome is the city that's not farthest west but it's like where the Bering Strait like where the Bering Land Bridge came across like from Siberia and so there's like the Bering Strait Land Bridge museum and stuff over there so Nome is is a city out in western Alaska and so sport itself is uh really cool and then there're also just like a lot of recreational dog sled racers and mushers um you know, around the state of Alaska, people who just have like smaller teams of four or six dogs and, you know, go to the park and run around with their dogs, general dogs. And then people on skis or sleds is is kind of just a part of life up here. And the Iditarod is obviously like...
1: When you say a sled, so I mean, we're really talking about, I mean, something that looks uh, uh an apparatus that looks very much like, you know, the the original North Pole Explorers or South Pole or Eskimos, where it's like a a completely horizontal thing with all of the the packing and the luggage in front of it. And the guy stands in back. He doesn't sit on a chair, right? He stands, right?
0: Yeah. Like it's okay. very physical. Yeah. It seems
1: like it would be. Rider.
0: Yeah. It's not. Yeah. He's not just like sitting there like on a horse drawn carriage or something. It's, yeah, it's it's not like, um like, I love that scene and the Grinch of like his dog, Max, you know, and they've got like that massive oversized sled of all the stolen presents. And they're like, going up Mount Crumpet. Yeah, it's nothing like that. I mean, it's like very lightweight, as aerodynamic as possible or whatever. And you know, they're like, they're making it as easy as possible on the dogs, you know, to go over the snow. And it's, uh, yeah, they I mean, I think it'll take them. I think it'll take them like 10 to 10 days to two weeks ish. I could be very wrong on that, but that sounds about right. I need to go back and probably look that up. I've been a little out of the loop. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be fun. And I'll definitely keep my ears open for any scandals that happen that we might want to cover on the podcast.
1: We hope you'll follow or subscribe to Scandal Sheet on your favorite pod platform and share it with all your friends. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a shameless, over-the-top rave review on Apple Podcasts especially. That helps us build audience. Also, we want to hear from you! You can reach us online at scandalsheetpod.com, Facebook, or Twitter, or just send us an email to contact at scandalsheetpod.com. See you next time on Scandal Sheet!
0: Copyright 2023. Thad Helsley Media LLC. All rights reserved.